Hey, what up, fam? It's your boy, Norm, and I would like to welcome you to episode 87 of The Evangelical Norm. Uh, it was a pretty cool week this week. Got to uh, head up to Moscow, Idaho uh, to sit in on a conference with uh, Dr. George Grant and Pastor Doug Wilson on missions. Uh, really kind of, I mean, I'm an evangelist at heart. Uh, it's what I feel like I'm called to, so um, it was a really good time to just be fired up and Here's some good stuff about, you know, going out and evangelizing with the thought in mind that we actually do believe the gospel, that we actually do believe that God is, is saving people and not going out with like a, the attitude of, well, you know, only a couple of people are going to hear this and maybe those guys will get, uh, you know, Christ will draw them to himself. We don't know any of those things, um, we're just called to go out and preach and plant seeds and let God handle it. So it was pretty cool. It was a good time. Uh, got to give a shout out. Got to uh, tour the Cross Politics Studios, meet Knox, uh, Chocolate Knox. Um, got to meet Toby Sumter. Got to meet Gabe Branch. Um, so it was cool. It was a really cool weekend. Got to meet uh, Pastor Doug uh, briefly. And so, yeah, had a good time. And, uh, so, uh, and you know, some of the conversations that were had up there, you know, social justice didn't come up too much, but it certainly came up uh, the last couple of days again on Twitter and so on. And that's the first thing I want to talk about today. Um, so I want to say it was yesterday or the day before, and I love uh, Pastor Eric Mason. I love Emace. And... Um, you know, I don't, there are a lot of people that I really, um, love in the hip hop community, uh, the Christian hip hop community. And then my, you know, my black brothers and sisters out there who are, um, you know, leaders in the community, um, pastors in churches and, and stuff like that. Um, I don't always agree a hundred percent with their position on social justice, I am. I hold the position uh, that a lot of them disagree with, that the gospel is what is going to be the solution for all of that. The preaching of the gospel, and it doesn't mean I don't think that other things can be done, but I think everything else has to fall secondary. Um, so that being said, I don't know if that counts as a disclaimer or what. Um, I highly doubt Emace is going to hear this. Um, Maybe well, who knows? But uh, the the tweet the tweet that came out on his account this week, and let me just I don't want to misrepresent it, so I want to read it exactly. When whites say speak out on abortion, like you do other atrocities against African Americans, I'm waiting for them to speak out on all of the history of racism in this country. What nerve to say that with the history they deny that create that with the history they deny that created the environment for mass abortions in the African American community. So again, um, as far as I can tell, I mean it's it worded a little weird in a couple of spots, but it really feels like he is, you know, blaming all white people for abortions and. Not to say that there aren't some white people that need to take responsibility for this. Uh, it's the same thing. And again, the, the, the thing that, 
that set me off a little odd with Tabidi's article way back around the Martin Luther King issue that came up. Um, where talking about how all of our grandparents were complicit in the murder of Martin Luther King. And, and that was, again, we're, we're getting sweeping generalizations um, from some people that are just as wrong as any sweeping generalization on the other side. I recognize, and you know, and I, I looked up some of the the names of the people who were prominent in um, eugenics back at um, in at the turn of the twentieth century, the late eighteen hundreds into the early nineteen hundreds. You know, and we've got some people that are, um, you know, and and yeah, they're white people that are were eugenicists in during this time and. I mean, names that you'll recognize, some you will, some you won't. Um, Henry Goddard, Harry Laughlin, um, Madison Grant. Um, who else? What were some other names? J.H. Uh, Kellogg provided funding to help the Race Betterment Foundation. Um, yeah, so we there's a lot of people. Sir Francis Galton. Um, you know, Margaret Sanger, most notably, uh, you know, Adolf Hitler was a, a eugenicist, um, you know, so granted, and, and those are people, Adolf Hitler we, is a, you know, the name comes up, but I wouldn't say he is, uh, helped create, uh, the atmosphere for abortion in the African American community here. But, um, you know, absolutely Margaret Sanger and some of these other people. And surprisingly, there are also a few, a few black people who were involved in the eugenics uh, movement. Um, W.E.B. Du Bois and um, Thomas Wyatt Turner. And so, again, but... I will acknowledge and I will uh, see the fact that there were specific white people that are responsible and and ultimately I'll, I'll throw this down at the feet of Margaret Sanger for the most part that created the environment for abortion in the African American community. Her founding of Planned Parenthood and their strategic plan to put Planned Parenthood clinics in minority neighborhoods um, is literally what created this environment. Literally where why we have the situation now where uh, in New York City there are more black children that are aborted, that are murdered in the womb, than there are born. You know, Planned Parenthood and abortion is systematically reducing the population of, of the African-American uh, community and you know and the comment he made about waiting for them to, to speak out on the whole you know I have you know again and it's not the fact that it, and here's the point that I want to get to we need to stop making sweeping generalizations it's as racist to say all white people are complicit uh, or all white people all of our grandparents back in you know 50, 60 years ago, were complicit in the murder of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, 
It's just as racist. It is, and I'm going to use the term, to say that all white people were complicit in creating an environment for abortion in the African-American community. Specific people. Not every white person is is responsible for this. But there were specific people, most of them dead. Um, Not that there's much we can do about it. But yes, we need to be speaking out against abortion in these communities. We need to be speaking out for life in these communities. And ultimately it comes down to preaching the gospel in these places. Um, And that's what's going to stop. The gospel is what's going to... make abortion doctors quit doing abortions. The gospel is what's going to cause a, a, a mother who doesn't see any other way out to change the way she thinks and to choose another avenue other than abortion. Um, you know, the gospel is the only thing that is going to change the promiscuous attitudes of any person who just thinks that they can go out and have sex and rely upon abortion later on to you know help them deal with the consequences of the choices that they made then so i was really disappointed in seeing this this tweet specifically because again and i'm not defending the white people who were uh responsible for this Absolutely. I'm not taking responsibility for them. I'm not required to take responsibility for them. Any more than Emace or Tabidi or any of the other leaders in the African American community are required to take responsibility for anybody who who is black who acts out in a stupid manner. Um, you know, black on black crime in Chicago or any of these things. I'm not expecting Emace or anyone else to be responsible for that. Every one of us is responsible for who we are. And ultimately, each and every one of us has to repent for our own sins. You know, and so there so many things in there and involved in there. And we're, we're getting away from the fact that ultimately we got to come back to the gospel. We have to come back to the gospel on these issues. And we can't. We've got to, you know, think a little more before we throw out the sweeping generalizations. You know, and and that's that's the bottom line. I mean, I can't say anything else. And I'm I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of people who are like, well, you're a white guy and you're just defending all these other white people. And I'm not. You know, Margaret Sanger is guilty. You know. All of these other eugenicists that, you know, I mean, names that I wouldn't even recognize, but those people are guilty. The people who are out there today who are uh, continuing to put forth, and, and sadly, it, it's, it's becoming more and more of a minority-driven uh, movement to continue with abortion in lower income and minority communities and 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 of course now someone's going to say that i'm saying all minorities are lower income and that's not true either but i hope you all know what i'm talking about so easily any of this can be taken out of context 
But ultimately, every single one of us, Norm Dunham, the evangelical norm, is only responsible for what I have done in the past. If I've done anything to help create an uh, an environment of abortion, short of the, I mean, I wrote a check once upon a time and sent it to a girl who I got pregnant so she could murder our child, so she could go to an abortion clinic and have our child killed. So that's on me. That's on me. You know, any fight or anything I've been in, you know, any, any of those things are on me. But the things that Margaret Sanger did and other white people did around the turn of the century or in the, in the decades leading up from that, I'm not responsible for any more than any individual black person is responsible for the Watts riots or Ferguson or uh, any of the other, you know, large outbreaks of L.A. riots back in, in, in the early 90s. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't expect Emace to be, take responsibility for those things. We are individually, and we need to get back to the point where we are looking at each individual and the content of their character, not the color of their skin and the, the whole group that they're, they're a part of. We, I mean, that's ultimately what, what Dr. King wanted I mean, his dream was that we quit looking at people and judging them on the, the, on the color of their skin and judging them by the content of their character. And I would hope that we would do that on each individual. Because, I mean, if, if you're going to judge me by the content of Donald Trump's character, I'm screwed. Dude has no character. You know, there are so many other people. But, you know, I mean, I would hope that I could be judged by the content if I mean, if we were going to do that, you know, look at, you know, Dr. MacArthur or Pastor Doug Wilson. Uh, and I just picked two of the most controversial names and people are going to have already called them racist. But, you know, Dr. Pi- Piper or, you know, I don't know, pick another white guy and not Trump. Right. But you should judge me by me. And. Trump by Trump and MacArthur by MacArthur and each person by their individual content of their individual character and not by the whole group that they happen to be racially attached to. Right? I mean, I I hope that seems as obvious and as commonsensical as anything else. I would never send out a tweet expect, you know, broadcasting, broad brushing the entire African-American community because I can't look at things like that. You know, I, I've never come to the point where when, you know, something happens, you know, I, I've, I've never, I, I hope I've never, I, I shouldn't say never because maybe I have at some point in the past, but I don't think I have ever looked at like some people do and go, okay, well, Black Lives Matter is protesting this cop, but they're, they're not protesting Chicago because it's a different situation, you know, but ultimately, I mean, those things would make sense. I would, I would love to see Black Lives Matter outside of a Planned Parenthood clinic in New York City that kills more black babies on average than others, right? 
but I, I'm not going to compare the two situations. I'm not going to look at, you know, Mike Brown being shot by Darren Wilson and then immediately go to Chicago. I mean, that's a common uh, tactic on, on the conservative side, and it's not right. But it's also not right for, you know, people to look at the, um, you know, the situation that is happening today and then take it all the way back to slavery. And, you know, which happens a lot as well. You know, I'm not responsible for the transatlantic slave trade any more than I am responsible for what James Earl Ray did in 1965, in, in 68. I don't remember what year. Um, April 4th. I remember the day. Um, so again, and I would never uh, hold Emace or... Tabidi or Prop or any of these other people responsible for what, uh, you know, the D.C. shooter, sniper did. I can't remember his name, Muhammad something. Um, again, each one of us needs to be judged on the content of our individual character. And that brings me into the other thing that I want to talk about because it's been huge. Um, is it, It's come out that... Um, in the SBC, somehow there's been, I want to say some ungodly number, like 700 cases, covered up cases of sexual abuse that have been uncovered and, and so on. Um, and again, it, that comes back to, that is the responsible responsibility of every individual who committed those heinous acts. And I, my, my heart goes out to and I pray for every single one of those people who was sexually abused. Because I was sexually abused, not by a pastor or a church leader, by my father. So I understand sexual abuse. I understand what that feels like. Um, you know, I, I, can, I can understand, I can empathize with somebody who's been raped because I was raped when I was 19 years old, by a man. So, you know, I can empathize, but I can't blame the entire SBC for what individual people did. Whether those people be the ones who... I can't imagine that it was the entire SBC that was covering these things up. There were individual leaders in the SBC who had a responsibility to report these things that may have covered them up. But we can't blanket blame like just like I can't blanket blame the Catholic Church for anything that went on in the in there and I can't blanket blame you know uh, the Mormon Church for any improprieties that happen it's each individual person yeah I mean the Mormon Church has enough problems in and of itself but you know it's a heretical false religion um, the Catholic Church I consider to be a heretical false religion um, so to, to cast the blame on the entire denomination based on what, and I can't even say a few people, what an ungodly amount of men uh, leaders in that organization did, we still can't blame the entire organization. We can't blame an entire race for what a few individual people did. We can't blame an entire denomination for what a few individual people did. I mean, we can take on denominations based on the teachings that they have. But 
individual circumstances and situations that happen within there are the responsibility of the individuals that, that did it. And I hope that makes sense. And I hope we can, we can all come to a place where we can agree that if, I mean, if we're going to look at, and, and again, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that's willing to look at what Dr. Martin Luther King's dream was and the, the bulk of the good that he did. And I mean, I, I don't consider him to, I don't think he was a Christian. I don't, I don't think based on the history of what we know that I don't, I don't see that he was repentant. I hope that he was repentant, but he, he had some heretical teachings, but it doesn't change the fact that he changed the atmosphere of our country for the better for black people and other minorities. Doesn't his care, his character doesn't change what he did in action the same way that individual actions uh, of individual people, you know, no matter what people say about their character. And again, here's where you're, you're atheists. When I look at and I can say somebody in the SBC who sexually assaulted a child, I can say that that dude, unless there's repentance and there's proof of repentance, you know, fruit and, sh- and uh, to show and keeping with repentance, I could say that person's not a Christian because the teachings of Christ and a regenerate heart does not actively seek out to molest children. I, I, you know, so I can look at whatever people say about the character of this person. I can look at and say, this is this is not a Christian act, but other people will go. Well, that's a not, no true Scotsman. It's a fallacy to say that you know they claim to be Christian, so they have to be Christian. No, you know I can claim to be a member of PETA and go to eat cheeseburgers, and it pretty much disqualifies me from being a member of PETA. So we have to look at. We can't condemn an entire denomination. We have to look at the circumstances. And of each individual person, um, and base off of that, and stop making sweeping generalizations, and understand that the only way—I mean, I'm 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 great at Twitter fights. I'm I'm the guy, and and you know, again, I'm I can't condemn anybody for, you know. Uh, arguments on social media because I'm I'm there all the time. But I also understand that my arguments on social media are not going to win the day. I mean there there can be discussions and sometimes I I will have discussions and they start out as as arguments and they work it their way into like a a calm discussion or vice versa. But I know that without the gospel being in there it's just words on a on a screen, and I might come out looking good, and I might come out looking bad, and I might come out convincing them that they're wrong, and I might come out never changing anybody's mind because that's not what's going to change minds. The gospel is what is there to change minds. Literally, repentance, metanoia means 
to change the way you think, to change your mind. And that is what is going to to bring together this this civil war, this racial social justice civil war that is happening in the church right now. I think that's how um, Kirk Kennedy and uh, is it I can't remember if it's Tony or Mike from Azakim that is on there with Tony. I, I just completely blanked on which which uh, brothers on there. So, but new Wrath and Grace podcast cross examine, and they just talked about it, and they basically said, and there really is, there's there's the beginnings of a civil war in in evangelicalism based off of social justice and race. Um, and none of our fighting, none of our our tweets that make sweeping accusations against an entire group are going to win hearts. Only the gospel is going to do that. And so that's my encouragement as we, we look at the horrible things that have happened in the SBC that have just come out. <coughs> Excuse me. Or the racial issues that are going on and in the church today. None of our arguments are going to change anything unless we bring the gospel with it. And so that's my encouragement, as it is at the end of every episode. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.